for the past few episodes, we've been talking about the importance of consistency in your advertising, this golden thread that moves through your ads, so that you don't just have a series of ads, but you actually have a campaign. How do you, how do you tie these things together? And another question that often comes up in relation to that is, is it better to have a bunch of little 15 second ads? Do you go ahead and do a full 60 second? Uh, is, is a short post better than a long post? If you're doing direct mail, is, is, a, is a quick postcard better than a long letter? We're gonna talk about all those things and the coveted how do you become viral question gets answered as well. These are conversations that we're having with each other around the Wizards Roundtable and with our clients. On today's episode, we have a great writer, Jeff Sexton, who is in Pensacola, Florida. In Austin, Texas, Joe Hamilton handles a lot of media buying. In Toronto, Canada, Gary Bernier, who handles a lot on the digital side. Steve Semple, who is an expert in direct response advertising. And I'm Johnny Molson in Springfield, Illinois. We're going to start with Joe Hamilton asking this question, do you want a short ad? Do you want a long ad? Does it matter? So, so the golden thread, Johnny, that you mentioned is actually going to be coming back a little bit to frequency. And then there's another portion to that is, and, and it's, this is kind of a Jeff, Stephen, Gary thing more than it is me, is uh, length of the app. Determining if it's going to be a 30 second or 50, 15 second or a full 60 seconds. And how many people are still going to give you a full minute of their life to listen to everything that you're saying on that one ad. Uh, provided it's a compelling story, I think they'll, they'll stick with you. Um, you know, there are any number of two and a half hour Marvel movies out there where people willingly sit in the dark uh, with their legs crossed, never going to the bathroom once because they're compelled and gripped in there. Uh, and I think that really does speak then to the content of how relevant is this to me? Uh, if it's not something that's involving me and engaging me, then then 15 seconds is too long. I don't think there's any magic necessarily to the, the length of an ad um, any more than you know the size of an ad online. Well, we see that when there's been testing done on long form copy versus short form copy in direct mail. And what has been proven over and over again of, is that long form copy actually pulls really well. Now the challenge is, is crappy copy. You're going to bail out in short form and you're going to bail out on long form. And it is harder to hold somebody longer, but if I can hold them longer, it's actually more compelling. So it's a bigger challenge with a bigger payoff if you're able if you're able to hold them with that with that entertainment but that's now all of a sudden the entertainment factor you know it's like it's like we're always saying entertainment is that is the currency we use to buy the time and the attention so if it's 60 seconds i probably don't need twice the entertainment i probably need three times the entertainment to hold the person versus the 30 seconds all right so it just has to be just that much more entertaining i mean i i think of it like if you because people have a hard time with audio picturing it and understanding it sometimes more than like visual do you think about a billboard if the billboard is bland you'll never notice it you'll drive right by it but if it's high impact you'll notice it the first week or so that you drive by it and eventually it'll become invisible until another high impact ad uh, billboard is put up right and then you'll notice it again so the idea is to swap out the billboards at about the time it's becoming invisible with another high impact billboard that is thematically and messaging consistent for the for the brand right because even 
even a very entertaining ad, one that would go viral, one that you send people to look at, like poopery. Mm-hmm. After a while, you've seen it. <laughs> After a while, you don't want to watch it anymore, right? So you could do, um, you could try to use shortness as in, you won't even have time to like, like pre-roll ads, the Geico pre-roll ads. You can't skip it. <laughs> it's already been, we've already got our message in in five seconds. Right. Uh, but if you, if you want to do entertainment and tell a story, I don't think 30 seconds versus 60 seconds matters so long as it's entertaining. And there's one very easy way to prove that the content is king and that people will listen to your ads. And it's because once a year, people tune in and have watch parties at the Super Bowl, and they are there to watch commercials. The Super Bowl sometimes is a little bit of an interruption to their commercial watching. But those watch parties, they're there simply to see the most entertaining and vote on the best commercial that they've seen. And they don't do it by the 20 of them. They do it by the millions. And so that that's extraordinarily important. And my thought has always been, if we can do it once a year, why can't we do it all damn year long? Indeed. Well, I, I, I think to Johnny's point, he makes a good point about the movie. A movie can capture your attention. You can be totally engrossed the first time you watch it. Mm-hmm. If you then turned around and watched that same movie two days later, are you going to be that deeply engrossed? And then by Friday, you watch it two days later. Are you still deeply engrossed? And so this is what, when Jeff's talking about message fatigue, if you just looked at the pattern of watching a movie, it doesn't matter how entertaining it is, it goes down a little bit on each viewing. It's not that you don't enjoy it. It's just you, you, you expect things. You know things are coming. You're not as surprised. There's not, it, it, it loses a, a little bit. You still love it, but it loses a little bit of the, the, the pizzazz each time you you go through it. And that's what we're talking about with ad fatigue. It's the same sort of idea. So yeah, you get the first time somebody hears something, you have your best chance of delivering the hundred percent entertainment factor. And each time after that, it decreases by a little bit and then requires the rotation, right? We need new, we need new guardians movie, right, Johnny? Right. I, uh, <laughs> I, I would like to address the elephant in the room when it comes to, since our topic is repetition. So if you think about whether I'm doing magazines or whether I'm doing billboards or whether I'm doing radio or whether I'm doing television or whether I'm doing direct mail, I'm doing any of those media, I have an ability to at least try if my messaging is correct. In other words, the envelope gets opened, the billboard gets seen. But if my messaging, if my hook is correct, I've got a way of creating repetition and, in fact, predicting what that repetition is probably going to be. Right? I, got, I, I have a hope. I have a fighting chance at doing it. Now let's go online. Gary and I have been working on this a fair bit of trying to, how do you control repetition in an online environment? It is virtually impossible. It is a guessing game. And, and, and the best marketers out there online will do something along the lines where I bring you to the website, I get you to sign up for something, and I get an email campaign follow-up. Hopefully, it's got the right things for open rates. That's repetition, people. Without something like that, how do I get repetition? How do I get really <coughs> predictable repetition on Facebook or YouTube or any of these other things? This is the challenge to online marketing. Well, 
if you think about online, how much the web has changed from like early 2000s to now, right? It's dramatic change. But for all that time, the most um, economically productive tool that marketers have had has been email, bar none. And that's because when you have them on an email list, what do you get to control? Well, you've got a captive audience. You've right? got a like captive audience. Any, any of the online mechanisms where you've built an audience and you're speaking to your audience, you can create repetition with that audience. You can control frequency. You can you, control frequency and you can control... Well, you, you, you can't necessarily control frequency, but you, can, you, you at least have a bit of the dial because you have an audience, right? You, and, and Ryan Dice's book, The Invisible Machine, talks about that you know, quite, in, you know, quite in depth in terms of the techniques for that. But, but it is the challenge to the online marketing environment. And, th and look, this is a reason why when you look at the biggest online companies, they also have an offline campaign. They have an offline campaign because we know it's great for SEO. Direct traffic's number one thing for SEO. But it's also the cornerstone that's going to build your build a part of your repetition. It's part of the predictable nature of your marketing. The online world is, is highly uncontrollable, highly unpredictable, and very, very difficult to solve the problem with money. Well, here's the other, the other thing that I, I enjoy saying. I like to point out, you can spin your wheels all day long, millions and millions of dollars trying to make one ad go viral. Whereas you can get on a billboard or you can get on the radio or television and you can have that same viral audience within 30 to 60 seconds. Well, and here's the other interesting thing about viral videos. Um, first of all, the average length of time that, that something is on the web before it goes viral, there's exceptions to the rule, but the average amount of time, last time I looked at the stats was 12 to 18 months. So your expectation is, guess what? If you actually are successful a year from now, you'll see things happen. How's that sound for you? The other interesting thing, um, and, and Gary, you can talk about this a little bit more, but, but Gary was at a presentation about a year ago where it was the Harmon brothers were, were presenting, which are the creators of Poopery and like all those unbelievable viral videos, right? And here's what they say. Here's what they say about viral video. What did they say about viral videos, Gary? We don't set out to make viral videos. If it happens, that's a great byproduct, but we don't make viral videos. So the people who are the best on the damn planet at doing it go, yeah, we have no idea which freaking video is going to go viral. If it happens, bonus. Meanwhile, some schmuck with a camera in his basement is going to go, I'm going to make some viral video for you. Yeah, right. Well, the, the people who are professionals at making entertaining video, movie people, they budget as much money to market the film as to produce it. Minimum. And then it goes viral. What have you got? You have reach. Do you have frequency? For 48 hours, maybe. Well, <laughs> you, don't, you don't even know. Right. You don't even know how many people have watched it over and over again. And, and this is why I think the web tends towards direct response, right? Direct response in the form of AdWords, you don't have to worry about being entertaining because they're in the market. You just have to be relevant with your keywords, right, in your ad. So you don't have to worry so much about repetition. You have to worry about closing them. And with the Harmon Brothers ad, 
they are direct response. They're entertaining, but they're still direct response. They are looking to close you at the end of the sales pitch. They don't really want to hear you saying, this is such a great video. They want to hear you saying, take my money. Um, when we're talking about branding, branding requires some entertainment because they're, most of the people seeing your ad or hearing your ad are not in the market and it requires repetition. And so that is, it's a very different game. And this is why online typically hasn't been a great play for uh, building a brand. Um, what you'll find with the, like the Blendtec, they built their brand online and they had viral videos, but they had a campaign of viral videos. Well, and if you think about it, Blendtec did an amazing job because they actually built repetition because people were constantly going back to watch True. what was the new stupid thing that they put in the blender. Because like, they had a campaign. Well, a hockey stick blend. Well, a iPad, that, my favorite's the iPad. Well, the iPad, because you actually see it still operating as it's spinning around in the blend tech. Um, will, the, will the iPad work? You know, can I put this brick in? And, will it and the other thing is sometimes the blender failed. Sometimes it just like blew up. But that was designed with repetition in mind of how do I get the person to continually keep coming back? But the other thing is that that's interesting. If you look at the Harmon Brothers videos, look at the price point of the things that it worked for. 20 bucks, 30 bucks, 10 bucks. Do you ever notice that no one has ever done this for a $50,000 watch? <laughs> or a $5,000 air conditioner? Yeah, I, th I think the most expensive thing they've sold has been like a $1,200 smoker or something. Yeah. Right. When we also take a look at those techniques, they are generally speaking impulse type purchases. They're purchases that do not take a lot of thought to go and purchase. It is not a $50,000 watch. It is not a $7,000 air conditioner. It is not a $40,000 new metal roof. It's not a grudge purchase, Steve? It's, not a gr it's also not a grudge purchase. It is something you go, hey, you know, that'd be kind of cool to have around the house. Well, yeah, look at this. there's two types of direct response. There's people who are consciously in the market and people who can be persuaded to be in the market, right? Yes. yes. Nobody ever woke up in the market for a slap chop. <laughs> you know what I want, right? <laughs> this doesn't happen. They get entertained and they say, I, I, you know I'm, I'm going to have to disagree with you. I woke up this morning. I wanted, I wanted a sham wow this morning. I don't know why, but I woke up from my dream. I wanted a sham wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Gary. Yeah, but Gary I stand corrected. But, but in fairness to Gary, Sham, he thought when he heard the name Sham Wow, he was thinking about something dirty. <laughs> <laughs> but but those are different, right? Like you could sell an expensive car if somebody needs an expensive car and it's a direct response, right? Or, but you're not going to entertain them on an impulse buy for something expensive. You can sell Ginsu knives or you can sell a slap chop, you can sell poopery. So, yeah, I think that's a point well taken. So there's some food for thought for you. What do you think? Please add to the comments below, or you can send an email to any one of us. Here are those email addresses.